You're listening to the Cell Phone Junkie Podcast. I have some great stuff to talk about. GSM versus CDMA. Also known as A2DP. The iPhone is here. Singular is going to be transitioning back over to AT&T. Mickey Papillon is a cell phone junkie. Both Singular and Verizon. I switched to a BlackBerry. All right. Here we go. On this episode of The Cell Phone Junkie, we've got all your regular news, devices, and software stuff, and then we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about how you can pick out your next phone or service provider. This is episode number 94. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Coppice. And Joey, today I want to start this one off talking a little bit about you. And uh, you got a new phone there for your office. What, uh, what's the deal? Switch to someone over from Verizon to Sprinta here. Yeah, to save a little bit of money, you know? Um... $85 a month for a 450-minute plan on Verizon with a data plan for a uh, Motorola Q just seemed too expensive to me. Um, without any text messages, you know you know how it adds up. Oh, so yeah. I decided to go for uh, a, uh, a Sprint plan there, the ones we've talked about uh, that are heavily discounted for 1250 minutes for a uh, good $35 a month savings with additional uh, unlimited text messages. And um, go to a Q9 that I had laying around for Sprint. Uh, that includes GPS uh, functionality, so it's a pretty nice phone upgrade as well for the user. And uh, got a no- number ported over with uh, no problem at all, uh, except for the, uh, the rep I had was confused on when to do the programming for the phone itself. Uh, the first rep I talked to and, and, and got the service all set up decided that I, I should program the phone and three days or something, whenever the port went through. And, of course, the port goes through in a matter of, like, a minute and a half, it seems, Mickey. It's I don't know very, if you've experienced It's yeah. so quick now. Yeah. Very quick. By the time I had hung up the phone and dialed the, the person's phone number, um, it already the port was already done. So I had to call back again and uh, redo, the, uh, redo the phone programming. But piece of cake. Every, it's, uh, it was not, uh, not bad at all, so... All right, so the question I have is, was the Verizon number out of contract that you ported out? No, unfortunately, it was not. It's probably been active for, I think it's six or seven months. Um, But I know we saw kind of a a news story this week that stated uh, um, that uh, the terms have changed on the Verizon text messaging rates. So I should be able to to try to finagle that in terms of uh, the, the change in the contract to get out of the, the contract termination fees. Okay. So, well, that'll be good then. At least you'll have some sort of, uh, you know, some sort of legs to stand on when it comes to the ETF, you know? So Yeah, because the user was using text messages as well. And, and one of the things that, um, that we saw in this, and this came from the consumerist, was that they, they, they showed that this person had, I think, an unlimited text messaging plan, if I remember correctly. And they did. His, his comment was something to the effect of, if my financial situation ever changes, I'm, I want to know that I can easily go back to a pay-per-text-message plan and have... Absolutely. Certain, and have, you know, a, a relatively cheap rate, but cut back on the number that I'm sending and receiving. And now that you're raising it up, I have to reevaluate my situation. And I'm not willing to stick with Verizon if you're going to have 20 cents per message now. So yeah, absolutely. I know you know it is kind of a small number, uh, you know, when you kind of look at it that way. But you know what, a change is a change, and you can't you can't just let these things slide. Really, 
And um, yeah, who, who knows how long you're going to have an unlimited text messaging plan. And what's to say two weeks from now, they're not going to raise the unlimited text messaging plan to from, you know, whatever it is, 10 or $15 to 25 to $30. Who says that they're going to change that? And that particular change, that won't qualify as a material change on your contract. So you won't be able to get out of your contract at that point due to, due to a material change. And then, then you're stuck with 20 cents per minute. So you really do have to watch those core a la carte charges as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, so it's a, it's a good one to just kind of a, a real-world experience. We'll have to see how that one all plays out for you. So should be interesting. Yeah. Well, speaking of text messages here, I uh, got a kind of a, a tip or trick, whatever you want to call it, for those who want to be able to send SMS messages and may not have unlimited messaging on their on your plan. And uh, there's a couple ways to do it. You can either send a text message from... A, one, an email account to any of these uh, email addresses, and they all start out with the phone number of the person who you want to send the message to, and that's then it's followed by the at symbol, and then the uh, the suffix such as text.att.net or messaging.sprintpcs.net, tmobile.net, vtext.com, or for the Virgin Mobile customers, vmobile.com. Yeah, and uh, tech, it's txt.att.net, and vmobile is vmobile.com. Yeah, and I'll put a link in the show notes here so you can, if you want to refer to this, you can, because it's a pretty good way to know how to send somebody a message. This would be good for someone who's like in a, in a situation where they're at a desk a lot and they want to send information to people out in a field and maybe they don't have mobile email on their devices. This would be an easy way to get that stuff out to them. Yeah, it's great if you're at a computer, uh, at a full-fledged computer, but also if you happen to have a data plan on your phone and you have an e- you know, easy way to send an email on your phone and don't have a text messaging plan, you can save money that way. Mm-hmm, it is. Uh, second option here, uh, if you want to send one through the teleflip.com service, uh, website is flipout.teleflip.com. And for all mobile phones, this apparently works. You type in the phone number and then uh, at teleflip.com, and it sends a text message through their system to the person. There is an overhead of 40 characters for every message that you send through the service, so you have a limit of 120 versus the 160 characters that you have on regular SMS messages. But if you're, uh, if you're not sure of the provider that the person is using, this can be a great option because, for example, Joey, I may not know that you are a Sprint user, and so I could send it through this service, and, and they, could, uh, they translate the number, figure out where it needs to go, and then get the message over to you. So a couple little neat tips there for those that are interested in in sending text messages for free. Uh, a couple news stories here for us this week. First one, New Zealand has a, a an interesting uh, thing brewing for them. The law enforcement in the country are looking to have the providers store all of their text messages from the subscribers on their servers so they can go back and dig through them and search them if something comes up where they need to get access to the person's phone. Now, this gets into all sorts of different privacy issues. Number one, do the police have the right to search through the messages that have been sent and received by somebody on their phone in the past? It's kind of like if you were to have someone recording all your phone calls and so you could go back and listen to them in certain contexts. And, and on the other side, 
the New Zealand uh, telcos will then have all of your records, your SMS records, on their servers all the time. So they could easily go back in and take a look at them if they wanted to. Not saying that they would, but they could. So, Joey, some privacy concerns here. Is this something that uh, that the, the folks here in the U.S. should be concerned about at this point? Or you think this is just kind of something that may pass? Well, I'm not sure exactly. I I really have a feeling that I've read that. Verizon and, and a lot of the others actually do save the text messages that you send for a, a period of time. So I don't think we're really out of the woods here in the U.S. as far as text messages go. But, you know, you get to the point here where, if, where you know, text messages becomes a lot of the communication involved. Um, when do you draw the line at just recording the text messages? When do you start recording the whole phone conversation if you're the carrier? Mm-hmm. You know, or- when, when, yeah. Any email that's sent over their network, that was the, that was where I was going with this. Is if you're using a BlackBerry, granted you're you're using the the triple bez uh, or triple des encryption when you use a bez server, and that is supposedly very secure, but it's still going up through Canada and it's still going through the BlackBerry servers. Who's to say they're not pulling that information? Um, you know, who's to say that then the carriers wouldn't then pull the the data from the emails? Yeah, exactly. And who's to say there's not an employee and, uh, you know, at RIM that could happen to have a tap on there and get, you know, I'm not saying that's the case, but there's always these, you know, ways that somebody could get a hold of this data, like the text messages, you know, some rogue employee at the company could get a hold of them somehow, or, you know, the tape, the backup tape for these gets, you know, misrouted or lost in transit somewhere. Uh, You know, it, it, you know, the ex, the, the possibilities of the data leaking out become, you know, they become large once they, once they're being saved somewhere, then mm-hmm. it just, and, and they can be there forever, for years, you know. Just keep it in mind when you're sending messages that you never know if there's going to be someone at some point that your messages are being saved and could possibly be used against you in the future. Just yes, word to the wise. Next here, uh, iPhone news. Well, we talked last week about the SDK, and we talked a little bit about the limitations of the SDK and that they were going to only allow for one uh, open or one program that was developed uh, through the SDK to run at a time, uh, similar to how the Palm operating system works. And if you're not real excited about this and you wanted to know that once the iPhone 2.0 firmware comes out, are you going to still be able to use any and all of your hacked uh processes through the uh, installer.app application on the iPhone. Well, it looks like it's already been hacked. Uh, the iPhone firmware 2.0 was sent out to a number of developers that are working on, on different uh, programs for the SDK for uh, when the release comes out in June. And it looks like it's been jailbroken very easily already. And so you should be good to go. If you don't want to have to buy or download programs through Apple, you'll be able to just do what you were doing before and jailbreak your phone and go from there. So don't worry about that. Uh, next one here, we talked last week, Swisscom was the next uh, provider to pick up the iPhone in Europe. Well, this week, Ireland and Austria picked it up. Joey, we just keep rolling through the countries here for all the people that are getting access to the iPhone. And it looks like same price as everywhere else, 399 euros for the 8 gig, 499 for the 16 gig. And uh, you can pick that one up if you are either in, uh, Aust- in, in Austria on um Let's see, that would be T-Mobile, and uh, let's see, who is it for Ireland? I think that's uh, O2. So anyway, pretty good for the the people that are out there. And uh, finally here, if you are a, uh, a developer that was hoping to make an iPhone application, 
you may have gotten a rejection letter this week. It appears that the majority of the people that downloaded the SDK and had applied for the ability to have programs that were going to be available through the the iTunes or uh, App Store on the iPhone were rejected. Uh, it, it doesn't look like there were a lot of, uh, I guess, regular people or regular uh, small companies. So um, just a kind of a synopsis here, a little uh, little brief snippet from the letter. It says, Dear Registered iPhone Developer, thank you for expressing interest in the iPhone Developer Program. We have received your enrollment request. As of this time, your iPhone Developer Program is uh, available to a limited number of developers, and we plan to expand. During the beta period, we will contact you again regarding your enrollment status at the appropriate time. Thank you for applying. Best regards, iPhone Developer Program. Well, doesn't really look like uh, a lot of small guys are going to get this, Joey. I don't know. What, what do you think about this? I mean, is it just going to be the big companies kind of to start out with? And then maybe as they, they, they roll out, they get some smaller apps coming? Or You know, that's what I would think because I would imagine just trying to, to manage a program like that behind the scenes on Apple's side, it may be a little tough to handle all the little guys um, uh, as far as managing them and, and approving their apps and making sure they're safe for the iPhone. So they may be, uh, may be going with the, the, the bigger, well-known names, at least for this very first go-around. Um, I, I would imagine it would start opening up as they, they probably get more automated tools to actually check the code to make sure that it's not going to cause any trouble with the network and not do uh, voice over IP and things like that. Yeah, and I'm looking at... I'm, I'm you know, looking at the different people out there that are, are wanting to develop programs. And I, I have to imagine a lot of them are, are thinking that, hey, we can just develop these, you know, anything we want and, and we'll push it through. And there's going to be just droves of iPhone, uh, you know, people that are going to be there approving these programs. I, I don't think that's the way it's going to work, at least initially. I don't think they've got the resources yet. 100,000 people downloaded the SDK in the first day or four days or whatever it was. And ah, boy, you know, if if they had to send out you know you know well over 99,000 rejections it's not going to have a lot of programs to come out with maybe just a handful and so we'll see what happens when that one uh, eventually shakes out finally in the news here a uh, moratorium has been put on 2G phone sales in Japan it looks like January was the last month that Japan's mobile users could pick up a 2G phone, and that's any 2G phone. Uh, apparently, 85% of Japan's mobile users have been using 3G handsets, so just under 15% of, uh, not very many people still using those older handsets. Um, you know, Joey, we were kind of talking about this one. The 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 cell phone itself was, was essentially invented in the U.S., and it first kind of rolled out in the U.S., so are you surprised to see that, uh, that it took so long for Japan to stop servicing and selling these 2g phones or uh, well a little bit I, I suppose you know you know Jap- japan usually has you know pretty good technical innovation but um you know sometimes these hot devices come out without 3g um i got there's one i can think of in particular um and 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 you know i guess seeing that the, <laughs> the u.s has supposedly just stopped uh, coverage of the analog service uh, not quite here yet in minnesota as far as i can tell um you know these things do take time to, to stop selling, but it, it's nice that they've got that going, and th- there could be quite a few reasons for that. Uh, one being that maybe they want to free up the 2G spectrum in a matter of, what, 5, 10 years? Yeah. Uh, I don't know how much more additional spectrum that's taking up, but that could be a, a real big factor in, in that, uh, cutting out the 3G phones for right now. 
uh, to make sure everybody's kind of migrating over to the new technology. And it could be, uh, you know, could be revenue streams. I, I'm not sure. It could be a lot of different factors. I, I'm just, I'm hoping that the majority of the people that, that still have these 2G phones are on their way to 3G. And as we know, 4G is right around the corner. So this is this <clears throat> not too far away. All right, moving on to some devices here. The Motorola Q10, Joey, we could be seeing at CTIA this coming year. Looks like uh, some some leaked images of the device came out here. And I'm, I'm excited to see some innovation by Motorola in, in a, a successor to their Q9 smartphone. But I, I'm not sure that, that what they've done is, is much of anything here. And this, from the pictures that we're seeing, it looks like some rounded corners, um, a rumor of a touchscreen that looks to be debunked by the, the picture that they have on the screen. Looks like the same old smartphone screen with the icons across the top right under the, the, the header. And uh, not not a whole lot. Same keyboard as the Q9 series, and no providers or anything like that have obviously been released yet. But uh, look for some more information about that within the next month as we get closer to CTIA in Las Vegas. Uh, Motorola, it's it seems interesting that they've got this uh, leaked image already. It reminds me of the Q9 in a way because how many uh, years it, it seemed like it was m- multiple years, but it took forever for the actual Q9 to be released once we started seeing rumors of the Q9. Um, I wonder if this phone will be kind of one of those things that we'll see in, you know, 2010 kind of thing with the, you know, the 10, the Q10, you know, it could be. Um, uh-huh. uh, but, you know, having a touchscreen, now that would be a, a very nice feature to have added on, obviously, because you know how nice it is on your Trio to have the full version of Windows Mobile. Why why do they, why are they stuck on the, the, the smartphone edition or the, the standard edition um, exclusively? One, you know, and also that picture, maybe that picture is uh, a representative of the, the, the operating system being tweaked to have the, the quick access of the smartphone edition where you don't need to use the touchscreen necessarily to access the major functions of your phone. Maybe that's a tweak that Motorola did to the, to the operating system to make it easier to use one-handed or, or something like that without digging out the stylus. I don't know, but it, it could be. Well, with the rumors of them trying to wondering about spinning off their handset division, something like this is obviously very good news to see that they're still innovating and trying to come out with new things. But you're right, some tweaks to the to the standard, excuse me, the professional operating system that's out on Windows Mobile 6 could definitely be needed and and it would be great to see them come down to a much more uh, maybe slimline factor for certain devices that's easier to, to get through. I'm looking at those icons, though. They do look small, maybe a little bit difficult to touch. This could also just be a rendering on the phone, a rendered screen that has nothing to do with the actual screen of the device, you know. Yeah, it's true. So, all right. Well, anyway, next one here. Talked about it a couple weeks back. The Glimmer is now available on Altel, $250. This is a 128-megabyte uh, memory a device with a micro SD expansion slot, 3D graphics acceleration, and an MP3 player. It has GPS as well. And so if you want to pick up this device on a new two-year contract, it's only $250. Uh, Two-megapixel camera as well on that one. Nokia. They got a couple Nokia devices here that we want to talk about. The N78 could possibly be coming to AT&T. This will possibly have the 850 and 1900 uh, 3G bands. 
and uh, looks like it's going to be a 3.2 megapixel camera device, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, assisted GPS, and things like Nokia does on all of their Symbian devices like FM radio. So it could be a, a good uh, thought for someone who's looking at switching over to a Symbian OS-based device, doesn't want to spend all the cash on the, uh, the upcoming N95 on AT&T. The N75 or N78, excuse me, could be the device for you. Uh, next one here, the Nokia uh, 8. N810 uh, could be getting WiMAX. Looks like a rumor that uh, CTIA could be the place that this comes out. So April 1st is when that hits in Las Vegas. The N810 is a device that's currently available, and um, you can get it for $400 right now, but it does not have WiMAX. So you're probably going to add about another 100 bucks or that to get uh, to get the WiMAX added, but looks like a pretty cool um Pretty cool option, and if, if this was would be one of the first devices that we would see with WiMAX, that would be great. I'm still sticking to the fact that it's probably going to be the, the PC cards, Joey, or the USB modems. I, I'm not sure that this is actually you know going to happen, but could be wrong. We'll see what happens with that. AT&T BlackBerry Pearl 8120 is now available. The 8120 Pearl has Wi-Fi in it, so if you've got one of the older BlackBerry Pearls on the AT&T network like I do, uh, you're going to maybe want to consider upgrading to this if you use Wi-Fi a lot. Um, GPS has still not been included on it, and uh, there's a slight bump in the, the web browsing abilities on it as well as a resolution increase on the camera. Went from a 1.3 megapixel to a 2 megapixel uh, camera with video recording capabilities as well on that one. So 200 bucks is going to be the cost for it after a uh, two-year uh, renewal on your contract. Uh, next one, Verizon's Motorola Z6CX is available, and that offers global roaming. This is one of the similar devices like the BlackBerry 8830 and the fact that it has uh, 850 and 1900 bands for CDMA, EVDO coverage here in the U.S., and then incorporates a 900 and 1800 megahertz uh, GSM bands for overseas roaming with that. So if you don't need the email and you're looking for a device, the Z6CX Looks like it could be the device for you at 180 bucks. Don't forget, the X means they removed the camera. Yes, no 2-megapixel camera on that one. So Z6 customers who are used to the GSM version of this, you're not going to get a camera with it. Verizon and their business minds, I guess, or their, their just business, business-centric focus on stuff like this, all, all their Blackberries, no cameras. You know, all these business-oriented phones, no cameras. So you're just going to have to deal with it. Um, it was a two-megapixel camera, so it wasn't too bad. I wish they would have left that in. I know some people are definitely interested in having business, you know, geared devices that, um, that, that do have cameras on them. So anyway, check that one out if you're interested. Software side, Sprint Mogul update. Joey finally came out. It was official this past Monday, March 10th. If you have not per- or, uh, downloaded that one yet and you've got the Mogul, you definitely want to check this one out. Uh, it increases the uh, speeds for the high-speed internet from the regular EVDO revision 0 to re- EVDO Rev A, which increases the speeds from uh, up to 600 to 1400 kilobits per second. And I will tell you, I have uh, firsthand experience with the Rev A speeds on the uh, PC card side that they work very, very quickly. Uh, 1.2, 1.3 megabit per second, uh, very similar to what I would uh, see on a low DSL uh, connection or a slower DSL connection. Uh, it uh, the, the Mogul itself is a great device. Joey, uh, have you got this download yet? For your, not quite, uh, no? not quite done yet. I've got the actual uh, installable, but it hasn't been done yet here at the uh, at the 
at the house. So how, how big is Hopefully, that, by the way? How big is the file? It's like a seventy megabyte file to do the install. Uh, I haven't done it yet because it obviously requires a full uh, reset of the phone, so all the customizations and all the apps have to be reinstalled. So haven't quite yes. had the time here yet uh, this week. Well, and the one of the great things about us to see this is that this is the first device in the U.S. that has the Revision A running on it for, for a phone. Um, Verizon has Rev- Revision A on their EVDO network as well, but they have not announced any phones, and this was the first one from Sprint to be announced with it. So if you do want a phone that has Revision A, the mogul's your choice right now. Yeah, it's your only choice. It's a, I was really shocked to see that that's the case. But but I, I can really understand it, though, because they don't really want to waste all their bandwidth on phones when really the phone should only be running the mini, mini browser. So, you know, it's kind of kind of a trade-off there with the speed of the device and the speed of the, the mini browser to accept that data that quick. But mm-hmm. uh, it, it's, it's neat to see, and I'm sure we'll start seeing uh, more in the future. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we will. And uh, finally here on software, a new Sling Player mobile version could be on the way soon. Looks like uh, some of the the more popular devices, including the Series 60 Symbian devices and the Windows Mobile Standard and Professional phones could be getting an update to the software. Uh, Nothing's been tested here or uh, officially confirmed as far as a release date, but uh, hopefully we'll see that coming out soon. And that's, of course, could be on the heels of or with the release of the Sling Player for the BlackBerry device. So could be nice. I'd be interested in trying that one out, especially if they if they get that one out soon, because I got a pearl just sitting over here in the corner, Joey, that's just waiting to have something, you know, to happen with it. And uh-huh. uh, I don't know what to do with it. It's just it's it's lonely. You know, I've got uh-huh. a brand I got a brand basically brand new pearl sitting over there. I don't know. Uh oh. Maybe Mickey should activate it. Switch back over to the Blackberry. <laughs> I don't know. That's, you certainly could. I, it's, I certainly could. That's just too much, though. <laughs> All right. I agree. Yeah. Anyway, questions and comments here. Uh, first one is a voicemail from Harry. Harry was the one that we were going back and forth with getting recommendations on what he could use. Um, he, he was one of many people who were trying to get recommendations on what to use for a, uh, an RSS uh, podcatcher, excuse me, a podcatcher. And uh, he wants to tell us what he's found out about Newsbreak. Hey, Mickey, this is Harry from California. And I downloaded Newsbreak tonight to my AT&T Tilt. And uh, I'm setting it up right now. This got a great interface. This is uh, everything. I, I forget the name of the caller who suggested this program, but this is, I can tell this one is going to be really good, uh, you know, for downloading podcasts. And I think anybody would find this program, like, really easy to use and configure and to find new podcasts as a breeze. Uh, the program finds them using Microsoft Live Search. So, yeah, I would recommend anybody who wants to uh, download podcasts to your um, Windows mobile device, give Newsbreak a try. It's definitely worth a look. Okay, talk to you later. Make you bye. Harry, thanks very much for calling in. I uh, hear a lot from you uh, on the email side, but I hardly ever hear from you on the voicemail. So keep them coming. But glad to hear that you're excited about Newsbreak and that you're loving that, that interface. Um, good to know for anyone else who's interested in, in downloading podcasts via their Windows mobile device, Newsbreak could be a good option for you. 
Comment here from AK. He says, hello, fellow cell phone junkies. I listened to your most recent podcast, and I think it was a comment sent in by Jan asking about the Symbian Series 60 applications. I understand her skepticism regarding the availability of applications for the platform, but contrary to popular North American belief, there are many applications for Series 60. Check out www.s60.com for information on the platform and applications that are available. A quick look through Handango and the Nokia software store will also give you a large list of applications to choose from. In terms of PIM, the Series 60 platform isn't all that bad. There's a mail application, calendar, to-do, an address book, and a notebook that comes standard with all Series 60 phones. The address book and calendar may not seem as fully featured, uh, but they do accomplish the job. There are third-party applications like Papyrus that give you more functionality, but for my needs, I have found that the built-in apps work just fine. A few years back, I was very down with the whole Series 60 platform, but after some research, I decided to give to take the dive and try it out. Two years later, I am still not disappointed. Have a great day and keep up the great work. <clears throat> Joey, maybe I should just go buy an N95. Maybe that's the next one for me. That could be it. Yeah. Or, or we'll just stick with what I've got. I've got all sorts of different crazy thoughts in my mind right now anyway thanks very much really about cell phones no never never i know that i know that iphone keeps tempting you i know it does i know know you're kind of looking for that uh version 2.0 i know you're kind of you're kind of hanging out on that uh that version 2.0 but i know you're really looking for the 3g phone is what you're really looking for i'm gonna be honest i found a loophole (laughs) i think I, i i need to start and I need to just start getting buying phones for people, and then they let me play with them at, at any time I want. Because I bought the iPhone for my wife, and she absolutely loves it, Joey. It is like the best thing that she's, she's ever played with as far as electronics. She's not a geeky person, and she's on this thing all the time. She loves using it on the Wi-Fi network here at home. It works so smooth, so great. Just having a ball with it. And I get to play with it whenever I want to. So if I ever want to just go, hey, I want, I want to go, I want to try that out. I want, you, I want to see what all your, your your iPhone funness that you're having. I just go pick it up, you know, <laughs> click on anything I want. We used it a lot the, this past week. We were um, kind of looking for some, trying to figure out some directions for stuff. We were traveling and on the road and doing different things. And, and the, the Google Maps on it works really well. You know, and I know you've used it on the on the the. the the Centro and I've used it on Windows Mobile and uh, but it's it's still really fun on on the the iPhone to play with it. They've got a couple more features. Boy, I tell you the the my location feature that Windows Mobile has integrated into it does not hold a candle to what the iPhone has. They went through and they have that thing. I mean, it is it is almost spot on in a lot of situations, especially when it can pick up some the Wi-Fi hotspots. Man, it it just works really really well. I've been very impressed with it. So Anyway, we were reading a comment there. So thank you, AK, for your comments about the Symbian devices. <laughs> Appreciate that. Comment here from Austin. He says, hey, Mickey, I was just emailing to talk to you uh, to talk about the number to call for the podcast. I think it's very cool. I just noticed it and thought if I am out of town or away from my computer, I can uh, receive the text alert and listen uh, to what is going on in the cellular world. I'm not worried about minutes as I have a 1,100-minute rollover plan and over eight thousand rollover minutes in my bank uh so i think i'll have more than enough to use for the service the podcast is great i still haven't gotten the pda plan for my tilt yet austin well thanks austin very much uh if you're interested in that um that is what he's talking about is the phone number that's uh, available through the podlines.net service and uh, you can check that out by calling 510-495-6352 and uh it'll just pop you right into the latest podcast and you can listen to it Anywhere, anytime, from any phone. 
Comment here from Ezra. Now, before I get into reading this one, Ezra was kind enough to send in a uh, about a 14-minute conversation that he had with uh, a Sprint representative, and uh, he had some issues that uh, throughout the call, he um, he discussed with the person, and they were able to resolve for him. Um, it was a little bit too long to play here on the show, but um, uh, he did get permission from the representative. I did hear that on the call, so I'm, I'm okay to share this uh, with, with the rest of the audience here. And uh, he says um, he was... He had a call that he received from Sprint Customer Care, um, and um, his wife had her phone stolen last year. And in the process of working with the police to track it down, um, they left it active, and they got a third line for her to use in the meantime. Uh, when the phone was finally recovered, they called up Sprint to have the line canceled, and uh, unfortunately, were not allowed to do so. Well, Ezra's brother, fortunately, needed a new phone, and so they agreed to have him take over the responsibility of the account's contract. When they went to the store to have their responsibility changed, the rep in the store accidentally moved his line, meaning Ezra's line, over to his brother, not the new line they had just activated. Um, they got quite a bit of hassle, and the person at the store basically said, I, I, I can't really do this. Uh, I, I, I moved it over. I can't move it back. Whatever. So they had to go get someone else, and they finally got it moved back. But in the process, he lost his grandfather plan, which included some sort of retention plan, cheap vision, you know, all that kind of stuff that you like to get on the plan that uh, you never want to lose. Well, guess what? He always lost. He, he lost it all. And uh, a new contract was also put on the account. So he was not in a contract. And then all of a sudden, he just he had another year or two years or whatever it was on the contract. So after many phone calls back and forth to Sprint, he finally got a reoccurring credit each month put onto his account to make up for the difference that he was paying on the plan that he was currently on, the plan that he used to have. Um, however, the contract date was still an outstanding issue and never got fixed. But during the call with uh, John, the customer service representative, he went through all these details, explained them to him. John was very, very polite, very professional, and said, you know what, you know, I, I want to resolve this. Went on hold, came back, and said, okay, I have set the contract date of each of your phones to February 29th, 2008. And that put him, Joey, out of the contract on both of his lines. This was basically able abled him to kind of take a fresh look at the at his his lines, and he, you know, very refreshing. And you know, for for all the negative things we hear about Sprint, he's now able to make a decision if he wants to stay with Sprint. He's been with them for nine years. He's he's like you, you know, he signed up for them in the late '90s and just kind of stuck with them ever since. So. I was really happy and excited to hear this because we always say these negative things about them. And, and they finally, I think, came through for, for and it was great, one of our listeners, so we could share this experience you know, on the show. So I, I was very happy about that. Yeah, and, and, and Sprint, for the most part, everybody I talk to there has been very friendly. And actually, it seems like they're genuinely trying to help me. Um, I, I think, you know, I really have to give them credit for having employees that are friendly and that they, they try. Um, unfortunately, I think Sprint themselves have given the reps not, uh, not enough tools or not enough information to actually do their job effectively for the customer. Um, you know, it's like there's so many different departments. Uh, they should centralize their departments. They should have one customer service department, you know, maybe a fraud department. But, you know, bring things down to just, you know, where one rep can do everything for you and you know have those reps well trained in all the different aspects um and, and you know kind of kind of leave it at that but but I, I you know i've actually had good luck um as of late with with 
uh, Sprint's customer service. I've had to call them quite a few times over the past couple of weeks just to uh, change phones and uh, get things configured right. But, uh, you know, maybe they're on the uptrend, too. I, I know they've had a big initiative at the turn of the year to get uh, things back in order. So maybe all those things are starting to help. Yeah, and and John on the call did say that you know we've received a they've they're, they've got a bad reputation and they're trying very hard to to overcome that and and so he definitely did what he needed to do to make it right for for Ezra so was very glad that Ezra thank you very much for sharing that with us so that we could provide it to everybody to listen to as well so that they know that if they are thinking about Sprint yeah there are some issues with it yeah we rag on it a lot but you know what we're just you know we're we're going to tell the good with the bad. And uh, this was one of the good, the good things. So very glad to hear it. Last question here comes from Quint. And he says, I was traveling this week to Florida, Alabama, and Atlanta, Georgia. And I noticed some quirks with the times on some of my phones. I live in Tallahassee, which is in the eastern time zone. About 50 miles to the west, the time changes to central. The things I noticed were that my Motorola Q's time did not change. Then my Motorola uh, V195s on T-Mobile didn't change until I crossed the state line into Alabama. My Altel LG AX4270 updated within minutes of crossing the time zone boundaries. I expected the queue not to change since this is what I've experienced in the past, even though the phone updated itself for the daylight savings time. However, I was expecting the V195s to update automatically when powering uh, after powering the phone off and then back on. I had to do that uh, when the time changed two weeks ago. My question is, is there an automatic solution for an auto update for the smartphones or am I stuck changing the time myself? How can the time differences be explained? Or are these just how the different phones and network implement time updates? Thank you for any explanation or solution. So let's go, kind of go through these one by one. Um, on the, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about uh, the phones first, and then we'll get to the queue. So the first one with the Altel phone, that one cro- changed within minutes of crossing the time zone boundary. That's probably because you switched from one tower to another, and the way that the triangulation of the towers works with the soft handoff, handoffs of the CDMA network, it figured out that you were closer at that point to a tower that was on the central time zone than you were to one on the eastern time zone. And so when it did that, it automatically updated that for you. On your, your GSM phones, your V195s on T-Mobile, typically those will change, but it, it I guess it it will take something like turning it off and turning it back on. I know a lot of people it doesn't affect because when you make a time zone change, it happens when you're getting on and off a plane. And so you've turned it off and then you land, you turn it back on, and then your phone immediately goes out to the network to check what the time is and then we'll update it from there. Um, But on the queue, this phone pulls the time. It's on the Verizon network, so it's CDMA, so it always has a time being sent to it from the tower. The time itself is sent from the tower. However, the time zone is indicated by the user. So when you get a phone on, uh, on one of the smartphones, like the Q, for example, um, if you go into, click on the date and uh, the day that's shown on your screen, and then if you, you'll see in there, you'll have, it'll, it'll have a time zone for you to select. And for example, I'm GMT minus seven in the Arizona time zone and uh, then the time and the date. I have a more tab, which doesn't occur on, on every phone, but on my particular, on the Trio, it does. And it says, enable local network time. So what that does is it goes out and it pulls the time from the network. 
But I also have one that says use network time zone. This is different than what you'll find on the smartphone devices. And I'm not sure if every Windows Mobile 6 device has this or not, but it's, it, it, it works out kind of. And I'll get to the kind of in just a minute. And so anyway, um, when you get off or you switch time zones, it'll, it'll pull that down. I don't think it may be a Windows Mobile 5 limitation. And um, Joey, I know you can kind of talk about the, the Palm side of this. So what, what, have you, what have you experienced on the Palm side? Well, I see that option you're talking about. I don't know if this is a trio thing, but I, I, I can see on my phone that it, it, it has the option to receive the date and time and the time zone, uh, or the time zone, I suppose, uh, including the time zone on my central. But I don't see a notification that it's actually receiving the time zone itself. Uh, maybe the Sprint Network does not actually send out the time zone on their towers. I'm not sure. And I don't really see any indication in the phone uh, to, to, to show where I'm currently at. So I, I don't know if it's actually picking that up or not on the Sprint network. Well, here's, here's my sort of it works. And I, I, I took a, a, a quick trip this week, and I was in the central time zone. So I left here, turned off my phone. When I landed, I turned the phone back on. Immediately, the time updated to the central time zone. Worked great. No problems. When I came back, um, I landed here in Phoenix turned on the phone, and it immediately changed my time back to the correct time, and I thought all was good. The next day, I looked at, the, at my appointments, and I noticed that everything was off by an hour. As you can assume, I was fairly confused, and I really didn't know what had happened, and so I started digging around. I went back into the, the time settings, and it had put me on mountain time. Now, I'm on mountain time, but I'm on mountain standard time 365 days a year. Arizona does not change. So what happened was I had landed. The time from the network came through as, you know, what GMT minus seven. Well, GMT minus seven right now is not mountain time. It's um, Pacific time. So everything was off an hour. So I, there's, if you look in your, in your time zone list, you'll see an Arizona one because we're a special state, so we need a special setting. <laughs> so we don't observe it, and that's a whole other story. Anyway, I changed it back to Arizona, and it was fine. So bottom line is, you may experience some, some interesting behavior, and I know with the recent time change and the 2007 daylight savings time switch, we haven't heard really too many issues with this from our listeners, Joey, but uh, it can occasionally cause problems. It can, it can make your, your, your settings and your appointments come up at different times. If you're syncing it with a, a computer, make sure your computer has got all the patches. This this is the the 2007 equivalent of uh, Y2K. You know, it's just causing all sorts of funky things with people. Um, anyway, I think uh, I and, think and of, and of course when people travel more now that everybody has smartphones and not just a phone that has just the time and the date on it. When you have actually appointments in your calendar and you're changing time zones more frequently, it does start to become an issue. And it's, it's really kind of interesting trying to set appointments for when you're traveling because anyone who uses a smartphone knows that when you change the time zone, all of your appointments change their times in the phone as well. So, for example, if I, I set an appointment in my, you know, my phone that says, okay, cell phone junkie recorded at 6 p.m., well, Joey, if I, if I were to go to Minneapolis, it automatically switches to 8 p.m., because that's the time there. It's the time wherever you are in based on the time zone in the phone. You just have to kind of, you have to be very conscious of, of how you're inputting things so that you don't get confused with time zones. 
Yeah, and I and I have my device. I use Datebook Six for the Palm OS to uh, keep all of my calendaring appointments straight. And I don't use time zones at all. I keep everything no time zone on purpose, and I always just set the time uh, of the appointment to be where I'm going to be at on purpose, so that never actually becomes an issue. But I have to consciously remember that um, you know if I'm going to be in Arizona, I set it for 6 p.m. Arizona time, and I do have to remember that. If I'm still in Minnesota and I look at it at 6 p.m., that I, that there will be a time difference. So, mm-hmm. and I actually this came up uh, this week, Mickey, because or last week, because you had sent me a meeting request um, previously, and it actually changed times on me. Uh, it, it went from a one hour to two hour difference. Um, oh. So it, it actually worked because the appointment you sent me actually had Mountain Standard Time embedded in it. So it all of a sudden changed times on me. I thought, what what how'd this get off an hour? I. D- for those listening, I just randomly send Joey appointments, and I just say, hi. <laughs> no, I no, don't. No, you did not. I, I didn't. It was for the show. Anyway, all right. Well, hey, if you've got any questions or comments for us, shoot us an email, questions at com, or call us, 206-203-3734, and leave us a voicemail. Now, we talked in the intro of the show. We wanted to go over kind of a... You know, a, a how-to of picking out a new phone and a new service provider. And this week, we're a little bit light on the news. And granted, we're already at, you know, 43 minutes or whatever we're at. But nonetheless, I, I wanted to to give every, you know, we talked about this back, you know, when we first started out the show. And we kind of just got into this, you know, we talk about all the latest things that are going on. But someone who's new to listening to the show may be listening going, oh, that's great. That's some great news and great to hear some questions and, and stuff. But I'm looking for a new phone. I wonder what I should get, how I should choose, you know, how I should, you know, get what I what I need. So Joey, let's let's start off this discussion by talking about the service providers. And the service provider portion of this is probably one of the more important important choices that a lot of people will overlook because they see the cool factor in a specific phone. Take the iPhone, for example. A lot of people switched over to AT&T because they wanted the iPhone. They wanted that specific hardware, not knowing what that network was going to provide for them. Maybe in your area, you've got fine coverage. You live in a metro area. No problems. Maybe you live in an area that is very poor or doesn't have any service at all. So the provider portion of this is is very, very important. And um, I, I've, I've talked about it in the past, and I'm going to talk about it again here, and then I'll let you hop in on this one, Joey. I call it my 90% rule, and that is the provider portion of it um, has, has so much to do with it. Because where you use your phone for the, the vast majority of people is at your home, at your work or your office, and then in your commute in between. And you spend a, probably about 90% of your time, if not more, between... In uh, those two places and on the commute in between. So if your phone does not work well in each of those places, you're not going to be happy. Bottom line, you're not going to be happy with what with what you have. So keep that in mind. If you have the opportunity to 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 talk to people who have the service provider you're thinking about switching to before you switch over to it, check it out. Have have them come over to your house. Um, see if the phone works there. And uh, if you can get to your office, you know, check it out there as well. Uh, for the the majority of people may have someone that they know that's got a personal line or something with every provider if you if you've got a big enough office so so that's the first part of it is making sure that your phone works wherever you are and my my next point uh, I'd like to say about the carriers Mickey is that um, you know the carrier is where you're really gonna uh, be hit up with the monthly fees and the carriers are not all the same they they the, there's a definite price difference between the carriers and the features you want are 
definitely vary in price between carriers as well. So you have to really watch the bottom line as far as the monthly fees, uh, you know, the monthly service fees. And uh, also with the carrier, um, customer support, as we mentioned earlier about Sprint, there's a, a big difference in, in customer support as far as the ratings go uh, between the, the, the carriers, at least here in the U.S. So, you know, those three things, Mickey, you know, what the thing that you brought up about, you know, you, the service has, service has to work for you. Uh, you really do have to look at that very, very carefully and compare the, the carriers. Talking about prices here, if you want to look at a, a comparison, the cheapest rate plans that you can get seem to be uh, split into two categories. They are the like the AT&T and the Verizon service plans where you're not getting out the door for anything less than in, you know, 40 to $45 for the bare minimum. And then you can go to, uh, and, and that gives you what, less than 500 minutes. And then you can go to like a T-Mobile and you can get with T-Mobile up to what, I think a thousand minutes for, for 40 bucks. Uh, you know, if you are specifically spend a lot of time in one area, I think it's 50 bucks if you travel around a lot. Uh, Sprint, we talked about. Sprint has got plans that are kind of somewhat in the middle. They, they are cheaper. Um, we continuously talk about these, these serial plans just because they are such a good deal and because we're trying to help you guys out if you're in the, in the, you know, in the market for getting a new phone. It's such a good value for the money. 500 minutes, 30 bucks a month, Everything's included. I mean, that's, you know, it doesn't get any better than that. Uh, 500 minutes not enough for you? Okay, 50 bucks, 12.50 minutes. Okay, maybe you're just a really big talker. Was it 80 bucks and it gives you 2,500 minutes or something like that? Um, I think it's actually 99. Okay, it's 99. I, I think it is, yeah. Okay, well, and then if you get up to the $99 threshold, then you're talking about you can get unlimited on, on anybody. Um, yeah. So keep that in mind. Generally, the rural areas are tip, are better covered by the CDMA providers. So whether that's the Verizon, Sprint, or for example, I have Alltel in my area, they've got some better coverage out in, in rural areas than, than the GSM providers do. That is not necessarily the case um, uh, everywhere, but just keep that in mind. Depending on where you are, it's really going to vary. You know, and I wanted to throw in a quick mention here of the, 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 the prepaid phones. Um, you know, if you are looking for a prepaid phone, do not want to sign a two-year contract. Uh, I highly recommend Virgin Mobile. Uh, second up, I'd recommend the T-Mobile pay-as-you-go. Um, both of them have very good customer service, uh, extremely good rates. Uh, Virgin Mobile is a little better. Um, the payment plan's a little easier to, to kind of understand with Virgin Mobile. Um, and uh, look at those two if you want to go on the, the cheaper route. Well, and and let's now we're we're talking about other providers here too. Um, MVNOs are another way to look if you're interested in Quest as an example. If you are wanting to bundle your services together, Quest will do that. Cox is the provider in my area that does um, a kind of an MVNO type thing with Sprint, or I guess they're just they throw in Sprint service if you want, uh, or you can pick up any of the other guys if you, for example, want uh, Helio. You know, and get get a lot of multimedia stuff. That's a good way to go. Yeah, Virgin Mobile uses a Sprint network. So if somebody you know has a Sprint phone uh, and you're thinking about getting a Virgin Mobile phone, uh, you'll have the same coverage. And obviously, T-Mobile is, is T-Mobile. Um, Quest uses Sprint right now as well. For now, they could be switching to Verizon as we talked about last week. Yep. So we'll see. All right, so that's the provider side. Now, on the phone side, once you figured out what provider you're going to go with, 
check out uh, the different options on phones. And everybody has a different need in their hardware, whether it's a simple device that just makes phone calls to a picture feature phone that maybe has you know a camera on it or video recording capabilities all the way up to the more expensive smartphones that are available now so things to consider do you want a camera or do you not want a camera and if you do are you looking for one that's a very high quality camera such as the nokia n95 or can you get by with maybe a one or two megapixel camera like you find on pretty much every camera phone that's out there Active sync or email, that's a big one for a lot of people. A lot of people don't necessarily know that uh, just to, to get email through your, your, your corporate uh, in, you know, infrastructure, whether it's through exchange servers or a POP or IMAP download, those require very different uh, functionality on the phones. A BlackBerry is going to be able to give you email from anybody. But uh, you may not need that. Maybe you can just get a Razor and, for example, download the Gmail Java client and be able to get the email that way your, through your Gmail account. Um, so there's some, some things to consider when you're talking about some of the data functionality like that. Uh, with that, 3G versus non-3G devices, a lot of phones are picking up the, the EVDO radios in them on the Verizon and Sprint networks, and slowly but surely, we're seeing the HSDPA 3G speeds on the AT&T and soon to be on T-Mobile, but uh, that could be something that you want to consider as well. And of course, a form factor. Do you want a candy bar style? Do you want a slider? Do you want a flip phone or do you want a you know full-on you know QWERTY keyboard you know style phone? I mean, there, there's all these different form factors, and then you've got the what were you saying, Joey? The transformer phones that have you know flip open one way and you flip it open this way, and all of a sudden Optimus Prime comes out of the woodwork. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is uh, there are some funky uh, uh, Verizon. I, I know for sure has one where you can open it both directions, uh, one way to get a QWERTY keyboard, and the other way it kind of is a you know it kind of has all the, the same QWERTY keys, but it arranges it more in a, the standard 12 key key layout. Uh, um, you know, there's some bizarre ones in the Sprint. Uh, I think it's called the, what is it? The Upstage, I think, that has the has phones on both sides of the phone. It's just bizarre. Oh, it's, you know, it's it's if you, whatever you feel like talking on that day, you know, or listening or however that works. Anyway, and uh, last but not least, we kind of briefly mentioned it, but uh, plans. And, and Joey, you're kind of the master of plans. Why don't you kind of discuss how, how plans can vary from provider to provider as far as like features? Because you can certainly get certain things added on with, with certain providers and, and other ones, you know, not so much. Yeah, I mean, I, we, I didn't do a lot of research as far as what prices go, but I know, um, you know, Verizon has a $5 a month for like 250 uh, text messages sprint i think the only option you have is an unlimited plan which i think runs 10, 10 bucks. bucks yep um you know i they they vary so if you're a heavy text message user you'll, you'll probably really maybe want to go for the unlimited um so that price varies uh data i mean that's obviously a huge feature depending on what kind of phone you get um some phones can use data some phones can use a little of it some phones you have to use it all day long uh depending on your email or, or web browsing habits. So you'll have to kind of really look at the, the price of the data package as well. Um, all these things kind of tie in together with how many minutes you're going to use because uh, you may get to that point where you want to just do the unlimited everything uh, plans that are recently available. Um, navigation is a feature that a lot of phones have where it'll give you a turn-by-turn audio directions with Telenav. Um, you know, that adds an extra monthly fee. I and mean, you can easily get yourself up to 150 bucks a month uh, with features, 
uh, family locator services, all these things you really do want to look at if they're available and how much they are for uh, for your provider. Mm-hmm. They get very pricey. That is definitely for sure. <clears throat> you can add on ten bucks here, ten bucks there. Data's thirty. You know, ten bucks. It just it it can go it can go on and on. For example, a coworker, uh, he has a Verizon phone, and uh, with navigation, um, he was up to one hundred and twenty dollars a month for nine hundred minutes of any Oof. time. So it's it's easy to get up to that uh, get up to that high high dollar amount. Yeah. So just kind of recapping, we've got the providers, then the phones, and then the plans, and that's kind of how you want to look at them. Um, <clears throat> you're going to be able to get, for the most part, a fairly good plan that fits your needs. If you're interested in, in finding out a little bit more, you know, check out the provider sites. You can see different phones that they have available. Pretty much everybody you can get good phones with. I, I wouldn't say that there's any one provider that is going to be perfect though for everybody. And that's, that's really the bottom line is it, you have to make it right for you. Yeah, and, and back in the day, Mickey, you know, a good five, six, seven years ago, the phone itself made a lot more difference than it does today. You know, the, the quality standards and, and the, the, the testing that the carriers can do, they, they, they dial in the phones, you know, no pun intended. <laughs> uh, the, the phones are much better on the networks than they used to be. It used to be where you could get a phone that was really bad. Uh, and it had horrible signal coverage. It would drop calls all the time, and you'd pick up a different brand on that same network, and it would work beautiful. And that's really a pretty much a thing of the past. Pretty much, yeah, you're right. Pretty much everybody's got the way get, got phones that work the way they're supposed to on their networks, and they've they've weeded out the ones that that don't work so well, and and brought in the ones that that work that are optimized. I, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, you know, there's so many towers out everywhere now that this this whole. Remember, I'm, I'm thinking specifically about extendable antennas. And sure, some phones still have extendable antennas. And, you know, it used to be pretty much every CDMA phone used to have them. And now it's maybe half and half, if even that. I mean, Sanyo. Oh, no. Uh, no, not even. <laughs> not even. Yeah. I, I, so just keep, keep those types of things in mind as you're shopping around. And, you know, the cell phone junkie is a great place to get information on, on your decisions as you're going forward. We, we cover the latest on everything that's out there. And so this is a good resource for you if you're interested in um, making a new phone purchase in the future. And uh, again, just want to recap, if anyone has any questions or comments, questions at thecellphonejunkie.com or send us a voicemail at 206-203-3734. So Joey, that uh, wraps up show number 94. Thanks again for everybody who wrote in. And uh, if you have any questions, please let us know. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com.